Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm Simone de Rochefort, Senior Video Producer at Polygon, and I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, Executive Director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft. But today, as we have been for the last three weeks, we're going to be senior talking about MacBook Pros on a podcast. <laughs> but, but we're it's so excited. Worth it. It's worth it. This is Look, the biggest update Apple has done in forever. I mean, this is a big deal. It's worth covering week after week. To set the stage, now two out of the three of us have our new uh, new M1, not just the M1 from last year, but our the M1 X, M1 Pro, whatever, MacBook Pros. Uh, the, these people are, of course, Christina and Brianna, because I am a person who will buy it a year or two from now refurbished. Oh, ha, ha, ha. However, they are finally in our hands, and I am so excited to hear from you two about what you think of them. I know there are a couple big topics to cover, like whatever happened to Christina when she was setting up for the show tonight. <laughs> but can I get just a quick like 30 second uh, first impressions from each of you, like kind of summing up your your whole feelings on it? Let's start with you, Brie. Holy mother forking shirt balls. <gasps> All right. Well, that's oh, Christina, you don't get to have the time that Brie didn't use, but give me your uh, your initial impressions. This is the best MacBook Pro we've seen since they introduced the Retina models in 2012, 2013. So these have literally been nearly a decade in the making. Oh, it is. No. It, yeah. This is a decade in the making, and finally, finally, we have good MacBook Pros. Yep. So this is going to continue to make my life hard. Um, yes. But as always, maybe uh, Vox Media's IT department is listening to the show. Shout out to Vox. you guys. <laughs> I was going to say, we need to start a Twitter uh, campaign, like like new no, MacBook for Simone. don't. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, I mean, either either we need to try to fundraise for you to be able to buy one yourself, get like the base model, or we need to like, you know, pressure Vox to to get on it and get you one. Let me let me be clear. They will get me one. I, I think I'm one of the only employees still using a 2015 machine. I am literally first in line. Um, I think it's just a supply issue. Uh I mean, you were telling me about your how difficult it is for you guys to get new computers. Yes. No, it wasn't hard at all. I oh, no, 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 yeah. at, at, at Microsoft. Like, oh, at it, Microsoft, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and, and also, secondarily, I can technically afford a MacBook Pro. Do I want to or do I want to retire someday? Um, I'm trying <laughs> to buy a house. <laughs> So I'm in just continuing to be frugal. So please do not send me any money or any kind of MacBook <laughs> unless you're Apple. Hey, <laughs> um, I appreciate the idea of a crowdfunding campaign, though. Um, anyway, all right, let's get into it. So let's start, I guess, with uh, Christina, because I think you, you said you had a rant to go on. So you've just given us a, a glowing opinion of yeah. your new MacBook Pro. However, you were setting it up tonight to record this podcast with us and things did not go uh swiftly 
What's up? No, no. Okay, so this is a rant about the M1 architecture. This is not a rant about the new models. This is um, a rant uh, about how they've locked things down. The new models are great, so this is not to dissuade anyone from buying these, but this is just to say that a year in, the situation in terms of how they lock these things down with their so-called system integrity protection and whatnot is complete BS, and it is the most user-hostile stuff I've ever seen in my life. So the example that I'm going to use, so um, an app that podcasters have been using since the beginning of time that I've literally had a license to since 2007 called Call Recorder is not going to be made anymore. It is not going to be updated for Apple Silicon. And the way that it worked with stuff, it is just uh, the the company behind an eCam, they are not going to be investing into what would essentially require like a massive rewrite. And so it's not on the new machines. So if you want to record easily, you know, your audio stuff, if you don't want to just do, you know, Breeze method of of opening up um, a QuickTime, or if you don't want to use Audacity, or logic or something like that, uh, the best way to do it is to use an application like Rogue Amoeba's um, Audio Hijack, which is great. Here's the deal. Audio Hijack, the way that it works is that it has something called um, uh, their audio capture engine. And it basically allows you to have access to all of your system audios so that it can both take stuff that I'm saying inputting into my microphone like I'm talking, but also if I were to play something back and I wanted to record it or if I needed to record some input coming in some other way. And so they've had to kind of create a specialized system for this. Basically, the way that you will install that in macOS 11 and macOS 12 is complicated even for Intel. But with the M1, it is the most user-hostile experience I've ever experienced. And again, this is not Rogue Amoeba's fault. In fact, they are saints for documenting how to do this on the website. But this is what you have to do. First, you have to enter in your user password. Then you will get a notification that shows that a system extension has been blocked. So then you open up your security preferences again, with your password or touch ID, if that's what you have enabled. Then you have to unlock something and make some changes. Then you have to say that you are going to enable system extensions, which means that you have to modify your recovery environment, which means you have to shut down your computer. (sighs) Then you have to restart your computer holding down on the start button, power button, until it comes up with saying startup options. Then once the startup options come up, you then have to choose what um, account you have a password for, an admin account, then you have to select your special um, area where you can go in and select uh, how you can set up your security policy on your hard drive. Then you have to change some things within your security policy settings. Then you have to enable that. You have to enter in your password again. Then you have to restart. Then you have to, once again, a, a system extension block thing comes up. You have to go back to your security preferences. You have to allow the security uh, extension to be installed Then you have to restart again. And then finally, you can use your program. What? (laughs) Yeah. So, <laughs> now I understand why we started 20 minutes late. That makes more sense to me Right. Now. This is why we're 20 minutes late. So, yeah. so look, I appreciate that Apple is trying to be all about you know, security and whatnot. Yeah, you can have a really – somebody said this on Twitter. You can make the most secure computer in the world. Just make it not do anything. This is the most user-hostile thing I've ever seen in my life. These are Macs. These are not iOS devices, which Apple keeps pretending like they understand. This isn't a kernel extension. This is completely loud and kosher. There's no reason I should have to go into my recovery mechanism to enable this process. No. There is no reason at all. My user pa- my, my administrator password should be enough. This is 
absolutely insanity. And again, rogue amoeba are like bamfs for actually documenting this process because I did this for someone a year ago and I had to look it up again because it's so complicated. So that's my only rant about just M1 in general. Brief, uh, I I think I should say this. They sponsored us like a year ago. Uh, I think you guys already had their programs at oh, that yeah. time. Yep. So, yeah, I've, I've <laughs> been a user for like sponsorship, years. Yeah. Former sponsorship disclosure there. But yeah, I I love uh, SoundSource. I use it every time we podcast just to like mm-hmm. check and make sure that all of my audio is going to the right place. And it is a super stable program. Uh, it's so frustrating that it would be so that it would be so difficult to put on a new MacBook. Yep, hundred so, percent. All right, Brianna, you want to give us your what? What has your first, uh, I guess, weekend with the new MacBook Pro been like? Uh, okay, well, so first of all, I'm pretty sure. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. I said I wasn't buying this. You did. Machine. You said you weren't going to buy one. You were like, no, I'm not going to do it. I, and then I'm the next thing we know. I right. was going to say, Half the next yeah. thing we knew, it's Friday, and you're like, I bought one. You're like setting yeah. yours up. My, I was in Atlanta when mine arrived. You're setting it up and, and, and taunting me. It all just happened so fast. We couldn't stop it, her. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 everybody is raving about this. Everybody is raving about this. And not like people I respect are like talking about this. And they are talking about it in addressing my biggest frustration with the last model uh, a laptop, uh, M1 uh, uh, MacBook Pro, which is the keyboard. Is it mm-hmm. better? Yes. Has it failed? No. Is it good to type on? No. <laughs> and everybody is talking about this. And I start looking at it. And I was really surprised that the, uh, not the like base stripper model, but like the nicer 14 inch, you know, the pro with like a one terabyte drive, you know, like the default one, if you select the nicer model, uh, they had tons of those at the Apple store next to my house. And I was looking the trade in value on my uh, MacBook last year mm-hmm. was really solid. And I'm like, oh. you know what? I skipped that. I skipped the iPhone this year. I skipped the iPad this year. I skipped everything Apple put out this year. I type literally every second I'm awake. This is something Brianna deserves a little treat. I I deserve a little treat. Uh, And I bought it. I want to tell you the the hype is real. Mm -hmm. I, I really genuinely mean that. When you touch this laptop, it has a solidity and a weight and a a premium feel to it like if you're touching mm-hmm. like a very nicely made watch or a or like a gear shifter in a ferrari it it feels like that it is it is wonderful the screen is gorgeous the ports i did not realize how much dongle town was effing up my life <laughs> like it is so great to do a 3d print and just to take my sd card from my 3d printer pop it in there run Prusa slicer export it um and again the keyboard is the thing that makes this worth it. Um, you know, Christina, I know you got the Max. I did. I, I was going to, you, yeah, you got go the ahead. Pro and, yeah. and you, you got yeah. 14 or did you get 16? I'm trying to, I got the 14. Okay. Uh, yeah. So did I. Okay. The reason I got the 14 is I thought I wanted the 16 inch, but Frank's work got him the 16 inch. Oh. And so I was like, let me borrow this for a while. And y'all, this is, that is big. a big laptop. It's a big that laptop. Is, mm-hmm. it, it's too much. Yeah. 
so uh, this is it's a nice space between the 13 and the old 15 inch, and it just it works. So, um, but this is this is another one of the reasons why I was happy to get the 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 kind of extended base model is the max. Uh, they find, I forget if it was Anid tech or who, who did this, uh, but, uh, Ars Technica broke it down and, uh, there's actually a really substantial battery hit, uh, with the max, uh, and just talking about battery life on at least my machine, I literally, like I spent all weekend, uh, gaming, uh, I'm working on a Tomb Raider speed run and I have my laptop next to me just streaming uh, Homeland as I'm doing it. I got through like two seasons and still had half a battery left over after all day not leaving the couch. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Uh, it's it's That's really, really good. Cool. Yeah. I, so remind us, what was the laptop that you traded in? Uh, what were the specs on that and what model was it? It was, it was literally the bottom of the barrel uh, uh, M1 2020 uh, laptop wow. from last year. Okay. So, Interesting. And you got yeah. a good value on that? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that is actually really good information. I, maybe for people who had gotten the laptop last year and were sitting there thinking like you were oh no <laughs> i did this last year i can't i can't do the new laptop right now i just got a new <laughs> laptop not that everyone should get a new laptop but it's a good laptop All right, i, uh, I what, don't regret it yeah what are you two most excited to do next with your uh, new macbook pros christina let's start with you yeah so um yeah like, like Bree said i think battery life probably is different for me the ram and the other stuff I don't care. I mean, like, I, I definitely appreciate the battery life, but I'm not, I'm not hurting for anything on it. But, but I wanted, I wanted more power. But no, I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm excited about is is trying things out. Um, I so I got mine. It actually arrived when I was in Atlanta over the weekend. It arrived on Friday, and I was like, no. Um, so I, I've only had you know about. 30 hours or so with it. Um, uh, actually, no, I guess about 48 hours or so with it right now. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in playing around with some of the areas where frankly, it, I, I, I'm curious to see how it does, especially with some of the emulation stuff, which is mm-hmm. doing, um, like, like virtual machines and things like that. I'm really excited to kind of dig into that, but I'm just still kind of in the setup phase, but it's fast. It's beautiful. Like Bree said, it's a really nice, it's, it's a, it's a thick laptop. Like this is a chunky boy, but I'm here for it. The keyboard is great. The screen is really good. Um, I, uh, I love MagSafe and I love that that's back. Also, I'm going to, what I'm going to wind up doing, cause MagSafe, it's just a, a USB cable. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wind up buying extra MagSafe like cables and oh. keeping them in bags and stuff so that I can you know, use them in other rooms or have one in my bag or whatnot. That's what I've kind of decided to when do because I have a bunch of... When told me the new cables were fabric cables, I nearly died from happiness. Yes. It's so good. And 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 I have a number of like 100-watt um, USB-C power delivery um, bricks that will work great with this and, and will do the fast charging and all that. So... And I have some of them in other rooms and I have like one in my, my laptop bag. And so I'm going to get a couple of extra cables just, you know for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, really what I'm kind of excited about, I've, I've just been installing and playing with a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see how far the M1 ecosystem has come in a year and how much it continues to improve. There are still some applications that aren't native 
Dropbox being one of them. I'm actually using an alternative Dropbox client for that reason mm. uh, that I like a little bit better. Um, and there are OneDrive will be supporting it natively uh, soon, but 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 doesn't right now. Um, and um, and I will say that there is a big difference in your battery impact if you're using something that's been compiled for ARM for the mm-hmm. M1 processor versus if it's using Rosetta to to run like the the Intel stuff that can have a big impact on your battery. But I'm just having fun right now, just like playing on it and trying to push the limits. And right now, I haven't found a whole lot. Um, I mean, mine is is like the most maxed out you can get. I maxed out on everything except for um, SSD um, because. I, I I only have so much money, but, um, and, and so I, I've been really just trying to, I've enjoyed just trying to find, I think those, those, you know, like points where we, I, I can tax this at all. I was talking to a friend of mine, um, who I work with and, and he was asking me some questions and he was like, does the fan ever come on? I'm like, I have not heard the fan on this thing once. <laughs> what fan? <laughs> Literally, I think the only time I heard it was when I was doing some benchmarking stuff. And, and so it's completely silent. Um, it's extremely cool. I, I can't say enough good things about it other than, like I said before, like we've been waiting a decade for this basically. Yeah. Uh, Brianna, what about you? What are you excited to do? Well, I, I did find a few limits that, uh, Christina, uh, uh, so one of, uh, I have my standard set of benchmarks, right? Like I play Civ 6 on it. I play XCOM on it. It's fine. It's a solid frame rate, but a game I've been putting a lot of effort into speed running lately is Tomb Raider 2013. The one that mm-hmm. Rihanna Pratchett came and rewrote. Normally a playthrough this game takes you about 12 hours, a speed run through it. I'm, I'm aiming for under an hour mm-hmm. and you have to do a lot of tricks for that. Some of which are frame rate based. So my, uh, my razor blade laptop, uh, will very easily on still pretty high settings, get up to the 117 FPS average you have to do to, uh, basically teleport through some of the doors. Like if you're, if, uh, the way collision detection works in unreal engine, uh, if you can get your momentum up, up high enough and your frame rate high enough, you'll basically uh, cheat the collision detection. So um, I I do want to say, and this is running it through Rosetta 2, you're talking about an older Mac game through Rosetta 2, and then I believe Aspire has a translation layer on top Mm -hmm. of that for it. Not 117 uh, (laughs) frames per second. Totally playable for a normal person, but, you know, in that bizarre edge case, uh, it's not there. Um, So, you know, that said, with everything I've tried with Final Cut or Maya, uh, Maya LE on it, it's it's fine. The model I got is fine. It's not strong enough that I would use it instead of, you know, my $4,000 PC that I have downstairs. Right. But it's it's fine. It's tenable. And let's be honest, most of my job these days is emails, typing scripts, like, you know, sending talking to people like that's just the unfortunate (laughs) path my career has taken. So, um, I, I could say for, for my limits and what I do, the $2,400, uh, you know, enhanced pro 14 with the one terabyte drive, uh, was, was fantastic. And, uh, I think that, I think the reason Apple made that the base laptop, 
uh, is because it is going to be the best one for most people. It's, you know, good battery life. Uh, you know, the 16 gigs of RAM is solid. It's not great, but it will serve most people like me. So um, I, I, I think they made a good call. I think that's where the spec should be on that. All right. Well, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they have got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template and you use drag and drop tools to make it your own. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale and more with just a few clicks. And all Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile. Your content automatically adjusts so it will look great on any device, which is so important because sometimes you look at something that you made on a phone and you're like, oh no, what have I done? Uh, a YouTube community page posts. You'll also get free unlimited hosting, top of the line security and dependable resources to help you succeed. There's nothing to patch or upgrade. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need help along the way. They'll even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. Plus, you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. Ah, you can use Squarespace to what? Turn your, your big idea into a new website. Showcase your work with their incredible portfolio designs. Publish your next blog post. Promote your business. Announce an upcoming event and much, much more. I can testify. It is so fun to use. They let me muck around in there and make my own beautiful website. And I need to make a new one, but I'm putting it off. Don't be like me. Don't put it off. You want that idea out there so that people can, like see you and perceive you and give you what you want. I don't know. What is it? Money, attention, just a good old fashioned appreciation. Make a website for yourself. Head to squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code uh, rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash Rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code Rocket to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Rocket. 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 Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Thank you. Can I say one so more much. thing before we yeah, uh, jump topics do. here? Uh, this won't be long. Uh, I did not, I'm, I'm really glad I did this last year. Um, so Apple started giving you options when you get Apple care and you should yes. always, 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 always get Apple care, especially on a MacBook pro. Mm. Um, but they started giving you options where instead of paying for it all up front, yep. you can get a yearly option that mm -hmm. now extends up to three years. So um, if you're someone that's at high risk for a buying a laptop after only a year <laughs> yep. like Christina and I uh, I think it's an option you should you should consider agreed yeah agreed great great point I do this on my phone as well I, I didn't do it on this laptop although I considered it but yeah it will be more expensive because you pay monthly but as Bree said if you're someone who has the tendency to buy things 
frequently, this is a great way to uh, maybe save on your investment a little bit, right? Sounds good. I think it's yearly, isn't it? Or well, it's like ten dollars a month. So so you would pay like ten dollars a month, um, or you could pay like two seventy nine or whatever for for the three years. Um, and so, um, but the thing is, is that you can extend it after the three years. You can continue to extend it if you want to. But if you are someone who you're like, okay, I'm probably going to buy a new laptop in eighteen months. You might not want to spend three hundred dollars on Apple Care, right? And then not be able to recoup your money because when you sell it back to Apple or whoever, they don't care that you have Apple Care. Uh, when you could just, you know, like be paying ten dollars a month for it. I I think the the option I did was paying yearly for it. Oh, gotcha! It, it was like hundred dollars like, a year yeah, or something. It was like a hundred dollars a year or something. Maybe that's what it is. And you know, my worry at first was like, what if? Like my credit card changes and my laptop breaks on the same day. But I was thinking about it with the yearly payment cycle. You know, I buy so much stuff through iTunes, right? Like every Apple TV channel and iCloud and all that, that I'm pretty sure I would notice like if my credit card details changed. So uh, yeah, that's an option I went with and I suspect many Rocket listeners would consider that. No, you're right. You're right. So yeah, it is an annual option. I'm sorry. I was wrong. It's it's monthly for the iPad and the iPhone, but it's an annual option for the Mac. It's $100 a year. So it's like $20 a year that you save if you were to buy three. Um, But uh, like like Bree was saying, you can continue to ex, ex, you know ex, um, extend it, uh, which is nice. But it's nice if you're somebody who like you're like, look, I might only keep this a year. Should I pay a hundred dollars or should I pay three? Save the money if you don't think you're going to be keeping something long term. I think that's a it's a great great point. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move on to our next topic of the day. Steam has officially adopted a rule that games with blockchain technology or games that let players trade NFTs will not be allowed on their platform. Uh, the change was not announced with any particular fanfare. Uh, it was just quietly added to Steam's. I think they only have 12 rules or something. It was quietly added to the rules uh, and then pointed out on Twitter by uh, someone who was developing an NFT game. Uh, Steam is pretty big, so this is a big deal, and it comes at a time when NFT games are in the news for bad reasons. Uh, So just this week, a battle royale platformer called 1UP, which ripped off Nintendo characters like good old Mario, uh, as well as ripping off the gameplay of a previous fan-made Nintendo Battle Royale game, uh, they had a promo video up on YouTube that was pulled at the request of Nintendo, uh, which pretty much puts pay to the project as a a, a Mario fan game. Uh, The NFT component of it was that players could bet NFTs on matches of the game and then, of course, exchange them afterwards. The creators of that game have come out now saying uh, this was just our first draft we were using nintendo characters as placeholders also (laughs) haha thanks for the publicity which okay um and that they're not the only uh, nft game project that has gotten uh bad attention lately so early in october an nft based fighting game called evolved apes was part of a rug pull scam uh which vice reported on where its creators cashed out 2.7 million dollars worth of coin uh left all of the game's investors hanging uh which ended up being kind of interesting because these these were all people who had purchased nfts which they owned or they owned the links to that art on the blockchain so they have now banded together 
to create their own, to basically make the game that was promised. Uh, they're calling it Fight Back Apes instead of Evolved Apes. Or I think I think the group that had been initially making the game was Evil Apes. The game was Evolved Apes, and now the people who bought the NFTs are Fight Back Apes, um, which uh, just taking the place of that game that they had wanted, which I think is fascinating. But then another element of that is that I looked at the art for these Evolved Apes, and they, they look like a ripoff of another very popular NFT series uh, slash online clubhouse called Board Ape Yacht Club. So it's just, <laughs> it's just crap all the way down. Uh, and on top of that, this week there was another big uh, crypto scam, I- IP, IP-related crypto scam, because there was another uh, cryptocurrency called, called Squid Crypto, I believe um, that was not at all affiliated with Squid Games, the very, very popular Netflix series, but it was Squid Crypto. Uh, The creators of that did a rug pull and got over $3 million from it. And that has been a a pretty big deal because previously when the the coin first blew up, outlets like uh, BBC and Business Insider and CNBC all ran stories on it saying, Squid Game inspired crypto goes up over 83,000%. And according to Gizmodo, there were very clear early signs that the scheme was a scam because people who bought the coin could not resell it. And the creator's website was like only three weeks old. It was full of weird typos. Uh, no, the tw- their Twitter was set so that nobody could reply to their tweets. Uh, there are all these signs. And of course, now it's, it's uh, come out that it's a scam. So... Maybe good that Seam has taken the particular stance that they have. Uh, I, I I think it totally makes sense for them. Other uh, app stores like Epic Games or Apple have not really taken, uh, made a, a decision about having crypto or NFTs on their platforms yet. But it's certainly a discussion that uh, places like that will have to have in the future because they show no signs of stopping. Good. <sighs> Good for Steam. Great. Next. Good for Steam. <laughs> can, can can we talk about the game design yeah. aspects of this? Sure. Uh, the the quotes in this article are, you know, like like they, it takes a lot to get me angry at like a game designer, but these quotes made me mad. Like, first of all, their quotes are like, "Innovation must go forward, no matter what the cost." <laughs> That is a literal quote that they said. And, you know... Briefly for context, these are the developers of the Mario, the one-up NFT game, who I, whose mission statement is basically, we feel like game design is stagnating, so we are going to innovate in this space by making art. And by innovate, they mean copying well-established intellectual property and actual art created by actual game designers. Yes. Continue, Brianna. (laughs) But see, it's even worse than that because one of the the quotes that kind of went viral on Twitter this week was about a game, a quote game designer, really NFT uh, fraudster. Sorry for the editorializing, (laughs) but NFT uh, proponent, uh, I will say. Their their ideal, like a, a proposal about an exciting kind of game design that you could only get with NFTs and Steam's just crushing that innovation. Mm. And their idea was a game where you could pay the most money possible and snatch, say, the Mario 
NFT in a Mario Kart game. And Mario's got the best stats possible. And because of that, oh, yeah. and there are uh, only a was limited that the, number That was of, an example yeah. from the, the New York Times. No, it wasn't the New York Times. I'm going to have no. to go back and find this. Because that, that was from not the developers of this game, but that was, right. I think, it was someone else Bloomberg about trying the... to describe the appeal of an right. NFT the, 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 game. The, the, this was some really, really, really bad thought leader who right. like needs right. to be shamed off the internet. Sorry, go on. Right. Yeah. No, but my, my point here is like so their idea with this like you're paying for the best stats in a game which by the way bad game design right Gamers off the start hate that. <laughs> there's a reason do. we don't do that in league of legends as cosmetic uh cosmetic uh, microtransactions but anyway uh so and then the idea was you could like get recurring revenue with a character with better stats on it <sighs> this is a horror this is like every bad game design tendency we have with the the loot boxes and microtransactions but also like mixing it with the stock market and artificial scarcity like it's such a bad idea and i would really ask anyone out there that might believe in this do you think game design got better when we started introducing gotcha mechanics mm. into games because mm. i really no. feel it didn't <laughs> no, <laughs> right. not at all so i i just uh it's like can we part of the reason i spend more and more time playing retro games these days isn't because like i don't like new things like i'll buy any new system the moment they put it out it's because it's an age where the game mechanics were not compromised by all this bs do you know what i mean yeah totally yeah it's i i really don't understand the appeal of it and even even taking out the like hyper capitalistic i would say dystopian idea of earning money by owning an nft in a game the mar the specific mario uh one-up nft game that they're describing that is so innovative uh so breaking boundaries uh so decentralized a, a 2d pla- 2d gaming platform that decentralizes battle royale tournaments for the average gamer allowing them to earn that I, I can't imagine anything more lifeless, <laughs> bloodless, <laughs> unfun than that idea. That to me is not, uh, not revolutionizing game design. That's just revolutionizing ways to s- squeeze money out of mm-hmm. a scam ridden, environmentally destructive technology. hundred percent. Yeah. Love to earn money online. Um, I say making my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're not destroying the, the no, planet, we're not. So, uh, I mean, okay, we yeah. probably are a little bit because sometimes, or at least I am probably a little bit, which I'm fine with, but like, no, we're not actively making bad, st- like, you guys we're not are not people's content. crypto, though. I'm not. I'm You're not. done. You're off. I never, I never did it. I like tested it. I've never done it. Okay. I, I, I remember I conversations that we had on this very show where you no, were both for, mining. No, well, no, I tested it to see if it was working. I okay. haven't, but it, but, but it was, I haven't, no, I, I don't, no, I'm not doing that. I don't have time for it, to be frank. All um, right. But, but also if I was like the amount of power or whatever, like 
all things considered, like people, people already shame me when I fly around the world all the time for my energy consumption that way. Like get in line. Like there are so many things that I do that apparently kill the planet. Honestly, whatever. I don't care. We all live like that. <laughs> well, right. But I'm just like, like honestly, like, I, I, I don't care. And that's not even what I'm really getting about. It's just, it seems like this is just bad and dumb. And as Bree says, bad game design. And it seems like it's perpetuating bad ideas and bringing in like I, I think that the the whole in-app purchase freemium thing for gaming free-to-play has been one of the worst things that's ever happened mm-hmm. in the gaming space. I don't care how much money it's made people. It's just made games interminably terrible. And and this is just the next kind of iteration of that, potentially. So what do y'all think? Because I, I don't think that Apple's going to like ban Coinbase or, Coinbase or anything like that. But do no, you see them or like Epic Games or why is GOG the only other one coming to mind? Android, <laughs> the Google Play Store, um, banning these kinds of games. I think it depends on how the games would be implemented. Because right now, it's just kind of an idea in theory, right? Like, it, it's... I, I think Steam was smart to get in front of it and and just be like, we're not doing this because these are the sorts of things that I think, especially with the way that like the, the Steam ecosystem works with publishing, that you get people who will really hype up certain types of games and just spam mm-hmm. stuff everywhere and really kind of take over, you know, the, the, the forums and the community stuff. I feel like it's probably smart of them to get in front of and just be like, we don't want this crap here because I, yeah. I can just see it turning into a mess. For other platforms, it probably depends because um, I don't even know how you would implement something like this, to be completely honest. I don't even know how you would implement an NFT-based game on a mobile platform. That's not to say you couldn't. I just don't know what it looks like. So I, I don't know. Like, it might be too early to imagine that that Apple and Google would have policies in place yeah. if we don't even have people attempting to do it. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Bree? Uh, I agree with Christina. And to be clear, I was saying Rocket, the show, does not destroy the, yes. the planet. <laughs> so I have four Porsches. I'm a, I'm a carbon criminal, and I will be going to jail. So I am not. Honestly, look, 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 look. As individuals, we're terrible people who are destroying the world, and that's fine. So is every single one of you who's listening. It's okay. That's fair. Well, I think I, uh, in I think it's not productive to put the 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 burden on individual consumers. Like you're not going to individually shame people into fixing these systems. Like it has to come from the top down. It has to come with restructuring the market in ways to get rid of these externalities that yeah, are destroying I to- the planet. I do. Like, I do agree totally. with that. Yeah. yeah, the individual actors are never going to be the the largest contributor to this particular problem when large companies just do whatever they want. Speaking of large companies doing whatever they want, let's move on to today's delicious, delicious dessert, (laughs) which Netflix is serving us via Shonda Rhimes in February of 2022. We have a premiere date for Shonda Rhimes' series about Anna Delvey. It's called Inventing Anna. Uh, and Julia Garner has been cast as Anna Delvey, which is possible. is a casting that I looked at it. I saw that just that one line, Julia Garner cast as Anna Delvey. And I said, yes, yes, mm-hmm. you're right. That's true. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, no, she's perfect. I think like th- this is really, really good casting. And um, so to, for, for um, uh, audience members who haven't kept, kept up with all the Anna Delvey, um, you know, our patron saint of, of Rocket, there are two competing Anna Delvey projects. There's, this is the Shonda Rhimes one, which is based on the Jessica Pressler New York Magazine 
article, which of course is like the GOAT article about all the Anna Delvey stuff. And then Rachel um, Deloach Williams, who uh, previously guested on our podcast, uh, her, her, um, her memoir was optioned by HBO and um, um, Lena Dunham. I don't know the status of that one, but, but this is, this is the, the Jessica Pressler one. So I'm, I'm very excited for that, for, for, for this. Yes. She, she looks like uh, she's the, the actress playing her, like, I, I don't know how to say this respectfully, but she's like, she's, she's so gorgeous. She's like the person Anna Delvey was trying to be. If yeah. that makes sense <laughs> to you. Like, totally. I, mean, I, I totally buy her in the role and I, I cannot yeah. wait for this. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. This actress, uh, she was, I think most recently in Ozark, a show I haven't watched, but I've heard she's oh, very really? good in it. I know her oh my from God, the Americans. Oh that's her. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh my God. So we have one Ozark fan in the house. I love Ozark. Hey. Ozark oh she was also on the Americans, the greatest show of the 2010s. Yes, and she yeah, is excellent in the Americans. Was... Ugh. Oh, sorry, go on. I interrupted. No, her her character there was just. Uh, we don't need to get in that storyline. That was uncomfortable. It was, was very uncomfortable. uncomfortable but she was very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and she manages. I, I, she's obviously she's very pretty, but she plays mousy very well, and I think mm-hmm. that that is. And she's just an incredible actress. So I'm super excited for this. Um, I'm interested to see the future of these two warring projects because obviously, like, Shauna Rhimes is so good at getting stuff done. <laughs> and that's why I'm not surprised that, like, this series is coming, coming, coming soon. Uh, and the HBO one is still in development. Because, like, if there's one thing Shonda Rhimes does well, it's just make television and make television that is compulsively watchable. Um, so if I had to, if I had to guess, I, I, I think this will probably be the more like a frothy version of the story and it will be incredibly entertaining and we will love it. Um, but what I'm interested in is how, um, Rachel is portrayed in this. I was wondering about that earlier and we don't know anything, or at least I, I don't know, um, if they've announced anything about that, but since this is the one based on the the piece that she didn't write. I am interested exactly. in how her character comes off. I am too. And I, I bet they change her name, um, especially since do. she optioned um, it to, you know, some, her own work to someone else. I would imagine they changed her name and maybe use parts of it. Um, the way that it seems, it seems like they've cast someone to be like Jessica Pressler um, to, to be, you know, um, in, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or, or, or Jessica Pressler, like, uh, Anna, um, uh, Klumsky is, uh, is going to, to do that, um, uh, kind of role. So they're going to have someone who's, who's acting as, you know, like the reporter figure who's interviewing her in jail and stuff. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see, oh no, they actually they have do. somebody as Rachel. I'm seeing this. Katie Interesting. Lowe's. Who... Let's looks see. like Rachel. She was previously in Scandal, so she's worked with uh-huh. Shonda Rhimes before. Uh, voiced a character in Voltron. Um, she looks like Rachel. That's a, that's good casting. Yeah. So that is interesting. Cool. I think this is going to be the better project, just because the the fundamental nature of the Anna Delvey story is you're rooting for the villain, right? One hundred percent. So if you know, like. 
the other project, it's more from the perspective. And look, I, I love her. I enjoyed the book. We were proud to get her on Rocket. But it's from the... Exactly. It was from the perspective of like, look at the, the horror of what this did to my life. And I'm 100% there with her. Yeah, I'm really sorry all of this happened. But if you're talking about escapist fantasy, like there's a part of you that's rooting for her and that's wrong. So don't do that. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Super excited to see this one go forward. We will probably review it. I'll watch it. I promise I'll watch it when it comes out instead of months and years later. No, we're going to have one question before we move on. Yeah, please do. Do you think it's going to be as porny as some of her other shows on Netflix? Oh, Oh, man. Ooh, that would be interesting. I mean, because Bridgerton obviously has a lot of sex. uh, But it's interesting because, like, this is the weird thing about Anna Delby. She was kind of, like, sexless, you know? Yeah. But I'm I'm curious to see. That could be interesting. I do think, because this comes out in February, I'm just putting this out there. I know that we have several months, but I almost feel like we should either look at maybe doing some sort of bonus sort of content or something else where when this comes out, like the three of us like get online together and like watch this and and, and we do some sort of like stream reaction, something about this, because I, I just feel like this is like of all of the kind of enduring news stories at Rocket. I mean, obviously we've been obsessed with Theranos, but like we've all three of us have just loved this particular yeah. story. Yeah. Because it, it, it's just, it's fantastic. So and Shonda Rhimes is so good. It's so bonkers. And Shonda Rhimes is the best, right? Like, mm-hmm. she, I think the only person I would be as excited if they did a show on Anna Delby, the only other person would be Ryan Murphy. Like, if Ryan Murphy did an American crime story, Anna Delby, that is the oh. only way I think I could be more excited. That would work. That would work for me. all right let's move on to uh what we're doing this week brianna why don't we start with you i i'm thinking about getting out of town (gasps) i am uh i nearly just bought some tickets for JetBlue to get out of boston uh you know i've got uh surgeries coming up at the end of uh, november which is gonna knock me out for a while so um you know i was looking at frank and i may just uh Go to JetBlue and be like, "Give me a ticket and uh, let get me out go." <laughs> yes, I. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. You've been working a lot lately. Working oh, hard. Oh God, I've had five hours of sleep. I looked at my Apple Watch. It today is the eighth day in a row on five hours of sleep. So I am dying <sighs> here, y'all. <laughs> All right, Christina. What about you? Um, I am uh, going to be playing with my MacBook. Uh, I've got some work stuff that I'm going to be doing. And I was um, in Atlanta over the weekend with uh, my uh, nephew and my family. And I'm, I'm preparing to, I'm trying to look at the situation for how much flights are going to cost me to go back for Thanksgiving. Oh. So that's because that's a whole other thing. Also flying right now, just warning you, Brie, like time your stuff better than you would expect because I had, um, a, I had an 8 a.m. flight um, out of Atlanta on Monday morning. I have, I'm a diamond medallion. I have pre-check global entry, whatever, and I have clear. So I should be somebody who should be able to sail through the airport. I was in line in security in the pre-check line for 55 minutes and almost missed my flight. And that was a Monday and that was a Monday morning. My flight was at 8 a.m. So that was something. Okay. So that was true uh, when I was coming, like going to the UK and then coming back from the UK. So a lot of the <laughs> airlines like to do the thing where they're like, hey, check in online. And then you go through the whole check-in process and go to the part where it's like, now give me my boarding pass. And they're like, 
we can't check you in right now. You have to come to the airport and you go to the airport. And because of like COVID and restrictions, they're not letting anyone use the machines at the airport. So you have to stand in line at the counter, which no one has done for the last 10 years. Um, it was the case literally at Heathrow and uh, in Toulouse when I was flying out of there. But I did anecdotally just have two friends go to Texas and back and have like the smoothest experiences of their lives. So maybe it depends where you're going. But uh, yes, be wary. (laughs) I was just going to say be wary because, well, this was actually a weird case in Atlanta. They are doing the opposite of what you were describing where you have to go to the counter. See, I usually go to the counter. And the reason I usually go to the counter is that I usually have a very shorter non-existent line because Mm -hmm. it is the line for Diamond Medallion, First Class, or Delta One. So it is usually a small people. Correct. In this case, Delta was like, well, no, we're doing the thing where everybody prints out their own you know, like baggage things, you know, you put on and then you get in line to, to drop off your bags. Like, like I'm, like I'm flying on Southwest or some stuff, which look, I'm not trying to be classist. I'm just saying like, I'm not really down for using the machine to do that thing, but I did. Then I had to get in this massive line for sky priority, which is basically anybody with a Delta credit card before I could. And then they still had to check my ID and whatnot before I could, you know, put my bag away. They didn't have anything, but it was all automated. I couldn't find anybody mm-hmm. where I could just get in line for, for diamond medallion, but that was fine. That's not what the issue was. Then the security line, and this was nuts. And, and something was clearly going on in Atlanta because the, the, like the pre-check line before even, before it even splintered off where they would tell you this for normal pre-check, this for pre-check with clear, I was in line for 15 minutes before I could even get to that point. I mean, it was hundreds of people deep. Wow. It was like, insanity. Um, I, I was chatting with um, some other frequent flyer next to me and we were both like, this is the worst we've ever seen in our lives. And, I, and I've flown through Charles de Gaulle many times. Um, it, it just, it, it was like ridiculous. So some airlines, I'm, some airports I'm sure are fine. Um, I just, what I noticed was that they did not have a lot of staff. Their staffing was way down, mm-hmm. which makes sense because you know, these jobs don't pay that well. I think that they've been slow in general to, you know, rehire, but also travel levels are back up to pre-COVID levels big time. And, and so once I did finally get to security, then it took about 10 minutes to go through. And this is again, pre-check, which is supposed to be a simple process because they didn't have enough TSA people to run the machines. So it was just, it it was just like a nightmare. So I'm, I just want to like warn anybody who's planning on flying buffer. And and I never say this. I'm the person who is infamous for someone calling me while I'm in a cab on the way to the airport to be like, Hey, they're calling your name at the gate. (laughs) Okay. You live so. so (laughs) I do. I do. Which is dumb. I'm just saying. so, 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 so for me to be like buffer an extra time at the airport is not a thing I would ever say because I'm the person who's missed a number of flights and and has barely made international flights by the skin of my teeth and takes great like almost pleasure perverse pleasure in figuring out how close I can make it. This was not a heart. case where this was not a case though where I thought that there would be any it, I, I had like an hour and twenty minutes before my flight took off and I, I had in no in no universe did I think it would even be close. Uh, especially when I have every every status form. So mm-hmm. you might be fine, but for people who like breathe, you're traveling this weekend, but for people in the next few weeks, this Thanksgiving is happening, buffer an extra time because I, I feel like the the airports are understaffed, overused, and uh, people just don't. And then people also, as you said, kind of, Simone, you know, people haven't used, like you haven't gone to the counter in forever. 
there's also this weird thing where people haven't been flying in a year and a half and have forgotten how to act in the airport. So <laughs> it's just like this perfect storm of horror. So, but so for just next go time, somewhere no one wants to go, Brie. Or, maybe yeah. I'll just drive. Or maybe I'll yeah. just take one of your honestly Porsches and just drive, yeah. okay? <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, give yourself 30 minutes more than you would normally account for before you go to the airport. That's all I'm going to say. 100. percent I just I want to get to a beach. I'm. I agree. I, I, I think you should. I think you deserve it. All right. Uh, what am I doing this week? I I'm in my yearly game of the year rush. Uh, to play things that I haven't played all year long so that I can vote in a conscionable ethical manner for Polygon's Game of the Year. I have a huge recommendation, which is that everyone should play Inscription. Um, It's like the word Inscription, but it's got a Y in it instead of where that second I would go. It is really freaking good. Uh, It is a spooky deck building escape room game. Uh, you are in a cabin in the woods. You need to play card games to survive. And it goes so many places with that initial concept um, that are, are surprising and excellent and atmospheric and touching. Uh, and I just I ate it up. Uh, I was streaming it to my little Discord server. A couple of friends were watching me play and we <laughs> we all went in not really knowing what to expect and just going unexpectedly on the journey of our lives together. Um, so that was delightful. Uh, heavily recommended. It's from uh, Devolver published it and it's on Steam right now. Uh, I totally recommend it. Play it before somebody ruins it for you. That sounds really, really good. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for the rec. I will definitely take that up. Yeah. Do you have any other, like, what, I mean, I know you can't say what you're officially voting on yet because you're still valuable. Oh, I totally like, can. What? Inscription's my game of the year. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, other than that, honestly, I just started playing Psychonauts as well, and, or Psychonauts Ooh. 2, rather. That's an old game. Psychonauts 2 came out this year. I love it. It's so it's a fun freaking game. creative. It's good. It's really great. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's another just like one that I'm cramming in at the last minute. But um, no other surprises yet. I don't think it's game of the year material. Like it's one of those games. I'm glad it's on uh, Game Pass. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I was going to say that's how I yeah. played it. Which well, I when you need to assemble a list of 10 games that you are putting in a ranked list and voting on. Let me tell you. That's game of the year material. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be on the list for sure in my top ten. Um, I don't know where it's gonna go yet. Uh, obviously not number one because that spot belongs to inscription. I think Dread Hunger is also gonna be on there because I just loved the. I loved it to death. Um, and those are the only two that I or the only three that I'm like just feeling super super good about. But there's so yeah. much stuff that I have left on my list to play, honestly. Like, it's it's actually disgusting how how much I need to just touch on. Um, and thank you, Xbox Game Pass, for your service. <laughs> I mean, I'm going and looking at, like, all the releases of the year. And not to say this hasn't been a good year for games, but, like, 
the the thing I've in, I played the most this year is the Neo Two uh, re-release on PS5. Oh, yeah? um, you know, Back for Blood kind of disappointing. Far Cry Six flat out sucks. Worst in the series by far. Uh, Metroid Dread very compromised game design. Uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy got great reviews. I haven't played that yet, but I don't it know. It feels really like it's been reviews. an uneven year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll I'll talk about my list once it's once I figure it mm-hmm. out. I have till November nineteenth to <laughs> work out all my problems. Um, I was shocked to see how good the reviews for Guardians were because I remember seeing the footage during E three and just feeling like the gameplay was awkward and feeling like the dialogue felt try hard, like trying to be too much mm-hmm. like the movie. Uh, but people are loving, just loving it, and comparing it to like. I I hesitate to say this because it sets certain expectations, but comparing it to Mass Effect in terms of like that sort of found family, like we're we're all coming together as a team feeling, um, which is fair, um, so, which kind of makes me feel like I should try that one, even though I, I feel like the gameplay is not particularly interesting to me. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to get flayed alive for saying this, yeah. but I think that, when I see a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, sometimes I watch a movie, I'm like, yeah, a, a guy wrote this, you know, <laughs> and that's the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I'm not sure I can like stomach an entire game of that kind of humor. But mm. it's also like Crystal Dynamics did it, which did the Tomb Raider reboots, which are three of the greatest games ever created. So, but then they did Marvel, which was a disaster. So (laughs) I'm definitely going to try it, but uh, I'm very skeptical. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to say I probably will not have time for that one before I have to get my votes in, um, which is my bad, but I know other people on staff have played it. So it's not like it's, it's fine. Somebody else will, will, uh, be its advocate. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the videos that I do at work at Microsoft or youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And uh, yeah. Brianna, what about you? Uh, you can see me at uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter. And if you're interested in watching some of these, uh, I, I think I'm going to, I don't, I don't use Twitch very much, but I am thinking about live streaming some of these Tomb Raider speedruns. Oh, it's a really, really good cool. speedrun. Like you back up to a door, like one of the ways to cheat it, and you force Laura into this Twitch state where she's holding the bow and shaking back and forth. And then you scramble forward and hit back on the stick and then boom, you cheat the collision geometry and you're through the door. It's all kinds wow. of awesome tricks like that to speed run this game. All right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at doomquasar and at youtube.com slash polygon, where I do have a new video up and it's about Dinotopia. Uh, the game, <gasps> the series, nice. the lifestyle. It's so good. Um, please check that out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rocket. I love having you here. I can sense your presence. It warms me. If you feel warmed by my presence and my voice, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Only if you're burning hot because of it. I'm not, I don't want any lukewarm reviews. I'm not interested in that. I want to know if you're burning five-star hot 
for this show. So, well, on that note, this episode of Rocket is terminated. <laughs> so am I. I. I can't top that. Terminated. <laughs> terminated. Terminated.